God. We thank you, Lord God, for every mind that is here, every sweet spirit, Lord God. Hallelujah, the human spirit. Hallelujah, the angelic host, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for your spirit. Sweet, sweet, sweet Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for coming and teaching us tonight. We thank you for revealing to us what you would want us to know and to learn about you, Lord. Everything is about you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Holy Come go in that rim with me. We set the atmosphere, Lord God, for supernatural. Supernatural encounters, oh God. Let us hear your voice, oh God. Hear your voice, oh God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we are one accord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for our members and our students, Lord God, that are on Zoom. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God, that this presence and atmosphere that's been set here is also set around them now in their homes, oh God, in their offices, in their bedrooms, wherever they're sitting and, and supping in with us. Oh, to dig deep, dig deep, 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 deep. Tonight's topic, hallelujah, is dreams, visions, and heavenly encounters. Hallelujah. Yes, the supernatural, heavenly things, amen? Amen. Things that have to be revealed to us by the Spirit, revealed to our spirit by Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord God. We worship you, Lord God. Hallelujah. And we honor you tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come. Come teach us. Let us sit at your feet. Let us sit at your feet as you feed us, Lord God. Hallelujah. With your sweet presence. Sweet presence of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We just suck you in now. We suck. We suck in your presence. We soak. Oh, Shadabaha. Hallelujah. Let's take a moment and receive that impartation. Shadabaha. Oh, glory. 
Mena la mohu no shike wa ba Mena la maha reke debo kubohu ro yala raba ye shiki yara raba ha Nana mohu ri yala nemo ko ha Te gara ba ha shuko Ke ha hade kadori yara moha ba ha sha Nena moha nama ha Nana maha ha Hama nama ha Come up higher Come up higher my children Come up higher, my little ones. He's calling us his little ones. Paul, gather around me. Gather around my throne. Sit at my feet. Receive what I have for you. I have prepared a treat for you. Oh, just eat and enjoy. Receive and enjoy. Chew and enjoy. Receive what it is that I have for you. I have prepared for you. I have waited for this moment. I have been waiting all week. I have been waiting all month. August the 1st, when we were all going to gather and gather and, and glean and pull from my spirit. He says, pull, pull on the anointing. Pull on the anointing. Receive. An impartation. Receive. It says, do your part. We all have a part. We all have a part. So we come in one and come in one accord in unity. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you will continue to speak to us in dreams and visions and even encounters. Many of us have not received and experienced encounters we want those angelic encounters we want those out-of-body experiences we want to come to the throne room lord we long to be in your presence we long to sit up on your lap and hug you and love on you oh god as you love on us we want that tangible presence of oh god to know your realness to know your scent to know your likes to know your dislikes. We want to know more of you, Lord. At the end of this four weeks, we all will know you more. We'll know you better as you know us. To know you is to know ourselves. Reveal to us who we are, what it is we are, who we are, whose we are, and what it is you would want us to do in this last days here and the earth realm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We come to be prepared. We come to be the bride. We come because we want to see our bridegroom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let us see more of you. Let us experience angelic visitations in our homes, in our jobs, on our jobs, even in our cars. Let us know and feel your presence. Let us smell your scent and your aroma. Hallelujah. And let us taste to see, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Mm. There's such a longing in our hearts, deep, deep longing, Lord. 
to know you. Hallelujah. She manifests yourself to us. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Oh, Shalabaha. Hallelujah. God is here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Hallelujah. So every Monday we'll come and we'll sit, see what the God wants to do. We have our agenda, but we know he has his agenda. Yeah. And he may deviate from our agenda. And he may allow to cooperate with us as we yield and cooperate with him. Uh, the way that this, I, I see it being broken down is tonight's more of an introduction and an overview. So it'd be a combination of talking about all three of these um, experiences. And then we'll get deeper into it as the weeks pass or go on. We'll start, we'll get deeper talking like next week. We'll probably talk a little bit more about dreams intro today and next week more deeper. And then we'll do uh, visions. And then the heavenly encounters include any type of experience that anyone has really had. Because it's also an opportunity for you all to share and to, like, for example, you may have a dream that maybe there's someone in here that can interpret your dream or has interpreted dreams. Or he may gift and anoint and activate that gift in you, too. Uh, and, you know, just any type of experience. Angelic, we may talk about angels and how they manifest themselves, how they operate, how you can see them, how you can increase your faith in seeing them and viewing them. And then what their role is in your life, in our, in our lives. Amen? Amen? Okay. Amen. Okay. And then, hello, hello again of those on Zoom. Can you see the screen okay? Just somebody nod. Or I don't see anybody with their faces, so I'm sure you all. And, and the first statement up there, most people will say, I don't dream. I don't have any dreams. <laughs> But you do, everybody does dream. We just not all remember them. And dreams are for a certain purpose. Certain people dream for a certain reason. Okay, and you'll find that out. Dreams and visions bypass your conscious mind to communicate with you. So God uses dreams to communicate with you. And that's why dreams are considered divine communication meaning heavenly or divine meaning from, from God. Okay, not from me. <coughs> Excuse me. Dreams and visions are divine communications, what that next statement says. In fact, we were made for dreaming. That was part of our, one of our, part of our functions, along with eating and drinking and, and breathing, is to dream. It's one of those things that God had made us to do, purpose for us to do. He alone um, holds the key to these coded messages, this secret divine communication. Sometimes it could be in a, a whisper, you know, as he's loving on you in your sleep, or he could be imparting something to you, showing something to you in a warning. So there's various types of dreams as well. We won't talk about those this evening, but we will next week. So we can also get instruction for our lives uh, in dreams. 
I can remember once I really was really trying to find this this heel, this shoe I had. Don't know where it was in this place. And in a dream, the Holy Spirit of the Lord showed me where the shoe was. So when I got up the next morning, I went right to where the shoe was and went and got it. So, you know, it's dreams are used by God to really to speak to us. Uh, let's see. And I talked about bypassing our minds. They're referred to as divine communication or spiritual communication. It's transmitted to uh, or delivered from the invisible world to the vis visible world via the human spirit and soul. It includes spiritual interactions from anything from prophecy to parables. A lot of people call dreams dark speech. Next one. So divine communication, again, Sheila, I don't know if it's going to click. Is it not coming up? There we go. Dreams and visions are the beginning of inter introductory level or a doorway or a gate for those who are called to a prophetic office or assignment or position because even uh, intercessors uh, will get a lot of dreams and they're not necessarily considered prophets. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, so I'm going to have to get some water here. Then the next point, prophets have a unique receptive spirit in them to receive divine, supernal, that just means heavenly, that's why I put it in parentheses. It's another word you can use other than supernatural. It's supernal communication. And then God chooses to only speak through his holy prophets. And that statement is not completely, quote unquote, completely true. He can't speak to who anybody he wants. But when he really wants a message to be released, um, his choice is to use those he's already prepared and has a relationship with and can immediately get a word out. I can, re I can recall a time when, in um, one example, uh, it, it was, uh, I can remember being not quite, it's not like it is now, almost dark, but not quite dark. And there was a, this really crazy storm coming through uh, our city. And all of a sudden I had this spirit of intercession that hit me. And I just began to wail and scream and, and go into, really go into heavy, I knew it was heavy intercession. I knew I was being controlled by the Holy Spirit. And if any of you have ever had that happen to you, you know how that, how that is. It's like you don't have any control of your body anymore. And so that's what this is, that statement basically is saying. We'll talk specifically about that a little bit more. Okay, questions. Before we go, before we go on that slide, I'm going to say one more thing here. Uh, in Psalm, and I don't have it on the slide, Psalm 16, 7. The Passion Translation reads this way. For your whispers in the night, give me wisdom, showing me what to do next. So David, uh, one of David's Psalms. So dreams were meant to give, give us direction in our life. And so it should be something that we should 
all want to do and pray and ask God to have that uh, enhanced and increased in your in your life. And because we're going to be studying them uh, over the next few weeks, they will. You will begin to dream more. You'll, you're going to be dreaming more. You're going to be waking up more. You're going to be writing out your dreams and journaling them. And so hopefully you'll be able to experience and share some of them too with all of us here. Amen. So dreams are experienced while you're asleep. Now, if it was a vision, very similar, but you're awake. So still God takes you and takes your consciousness and, and kind of puts you in an unconscious state for a moment for you to see a vision. He kind of like takes, sometimes we say he removes the scale off our eyes and shows us something. And usually they're pretty abrupt. You have no control over them. They just happen. So questions. How many of you dream? Show of hands. Okay. 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 Well, then you two, you're going to dream some more. Who else dreams? Kelly, you dream? Yeah. Yeah. Sheila's shaking. Okay. Phil? Yes. And then online here. How many of you dream? I know, Claire, you dream. I dream. Okay, that's Gwinnett. Yeah, you know I dream. <laughs> Don? <laughs> Don? You dream? If not, you will be. She might be uh, multitasking like I do sometimes when I'm on a <laughs> Zoom meeting. <laughs> Okay, so the data states that we all dream. Many of us are just not aware of our dreams, or we forget them upon awakening. Uh, about five years ago, six years ago, maybe, I don't know, I don't, don't even remember now, that the Lord had me stop using an alarm clock. Period. I just, I don't use an alarm clock. That way, I, he's made me more sensitive to him waking me up. And so now all I do is before I go to bed is I pray and cover myself with the blood of Jesus that my dreams will be dreams from him. And, you know, I won't have bad dreams and nightmares. I pray, um, you know, to have good sleep. You know, I wake up the next morning and he guides, guides me through, through the night. And then if there's any dreams that I have, then I'll remember them. And so uh, now whenever, like, like every two or three hours, sometimes I'm, I'm just up. And recently, it's almost like I've been having to go to the ladies' room anyway, every two or three hours. But, you know, you really do remember much much more if you get up and you're not abruptly gotten up. You gradually get up. You kind of remember what you just, uh, what God was saying. And every dream is not necessarily a dream that God wants you to write down or, or it means something. For me, he told me during that time when he said, no more time clock or, you know, don't set an alarm was because he started to tell me that my dreams are going to become prophetic uh, words. And first the prophetic words became words for individuals. The people would be in my dream that I would have to prophesy the word that he gave me or that he showed me. Um, and then more, re more recently, they're, they're kind of, they're more visions, dreams, and you have a vision in the dream. Where I have like a panoramic scene or a vision, and I have to write that down, then that becomes a prophetic word. Okay, so 
The next question there is, how many of you see or have visions? That color is kind of not the best. See or have had a vision, an open vision, closed vision? Yes, yes you have? Okay, one, that's okay. You might have more. You have some? Yep, uh, Kelly? Have you had, or you're not for sure if it was a vision or not? I'll be honest, I'm not sure. Yeah. Vision, I thought I was when we start talking about them, yeah, I was going to say, when we start teaching on them, you're going to learn what types there are. Because there's some that are called closed and some that are called open visions. And so you may not be aware that that was an actual vision. And you have visions in your dreams. What about supernatural encounters or encounters with angels or seeing an angel? Not with an angel. Okay. So we'll, so we'll talk about those when we get on that topic of encounters. Okay. Then you'll be, because we're teaching on them, it's going to be manifested. It's, it's like an activation. Activation comes along with teaching. I, I guess you guys do that, right? When you, when you came in this class. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes people don't know what they're getting into. So I'm letting you know ahead of time. <laughs> All right. Dreams, visions, and supernal encounters. And that's really tiny. So I'll have to read each one of those. I think I have them here on my on my slide. Can you all see that? Hopefully they're on the screen. The Bible contains... Nope. That's not what this one says. So there are 101 references to visions in the Bible. My notes say 111. And approximately 105 dreams. God has used dreams throughout the Bible, New Testament all the way into the, I mean Old Testament all the way into the New Testament. I was telling the church uh, yesterday when I did the offering, yeah, it was yesterday, that you know the Bible is broken into Old Testament, New Testament chapters, verses, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, by man to make it easier to um, understand. And, you know, people say the Bible still is difficult. There are some parts that's difficult to understand. You do need the Holy Spirit sometimes to help you um, and reveal to you meanings for certain verses and, and things in the Bible. But what, I, what I'm getting at is that anything that was Old Testament is still pertinent here in this day and age, which is now. The whole Bible is the word of God for us to embrace and it's our, our um, it's kind of like our guide, you know, our guide through life and to be successful and to know God and know where we came from. Dreams are visions that you see while you sleep. That is why we call it a vision in the night. And then, like I said, sometimes they call it dark speech, start dark visions. There are visions you see while awake with your eyes closed and open. Next. Dreams are symbolic. What does it mean for a dream to be symbolic? Something symbolic has symbols and the symbols have a meaning typically to the person who, who sees that sim symbol. It represents certain things to certain people, you know, um, for me, I'm, I have just recently been seeing in the, in the spirit. And so that's, that's I, you know, can I call that a heavenly encounter maybe, but I'm seeing in the spirit more clearly, clearer, clearer, 
And um, I said, I've seen horses. So what are horses symbolic of? You know, if I'm seeing them frequently, there's a reason that I need to figure out why I'm seeing them frequently. So they have a symbol and they have a meaning. And then God is trying to get a message to us uh, regarding that. An airplane can be symbolic of going up to a higher plane, higher plane, higher place, higher level, or even a higher rim. Where visions are literal. Literal means they're figurative or uh, metaphorical. It is exactly what it appears to be. So this is a pair of glasses and they're, they're a pair of glasses. One pair of glasses is no different than the next pair. They either are prescription or they're non-prescription. They're sunglasses or they're clear. So that's what, a, what kind of literal means. It's easy to understand and has very similar me uh, meaning for everyone. Both dreams and visions reveal God's nature and God's plans for your life. Amen. God's nature is his holiness. That's what his nature is. It's his character, his attributes, his personality. He may appear in a physical form, just like angels. They may appear in a physical form. So that's like the nature of that, that being. We, we say, um, they're created beings, they're supernatural beings, they're divine beings, angelic beings are. And, and they don't have a body because they are spirit beings. And then God's plan for your life is just that, it's his plan. In Genesis 46, 2, let's read a few scriptures. You can leave it there for a minute, Sheila. Genesis 46, 2. Then God spoke to Israel in the visions of the night and he said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here I am. So that's a, a reference of God speaking to Jacob. And in Genesis 31, 10 through 13, this is um, him speaking again to Jacob with the calves. He says, and it happened at the time when the flocks conceived that I lifted my eyes and saw in a dream and behold, so he's in a dream and he lifted his eyes and he saw in a dream. That's a dream where there's a vision in the dream. Remember I had said that back in the you can have a vision in your dream? Okay. Okay, so then uh, he says, and behold, the rams which leaped upon the flocks were streaked, speckled, and gray spotted. Then the angel of God spoke to me in a dream saying, Jacob, and I said, here I am. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now arise, get out of this land and return to the land of your family. So he showed him these speckled animals. At that time, he didn't really tell him what he was going to do with them, but he gave him direction what his next steps were. And so sometimes if you're pondering a decision, you know, don't make them too fast. Take your time. That's when people say, I know it sounds cliche. They'll say, go and pray about it. <laughs> but it really is, you know, something you should do. Take time to 
to ponder it. Ponder it, I mean, like, think about it. Sometimes decisions, there's there's a pro and a con or a negative or a positive. If I do this, or if I don't do this, you can make lists. And, and through all of this, this processing that you're going through, the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding you. And he will show you things in a dream. And he can confirm it with other people who may come along and confirm it. And maybe they had a dream or saw something or spoke to and then to spoke spoke to God. God spoke to them to speak to you. And that's kind of, kind of where prophetic words come from and why they're so important at times. So Numbers 12, 1 through 6, it says, God is speaking to Aaron and Miriam here. And uh, he says, then Miriam... And Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. So they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now the man, Moses, was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Suddenly, the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. And I speak to him in a dream. So if you continue to read, God says that, but with his servant Moses, he spoke to him face to face. And so with my servant Moses, he is a faithful, he is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly, even, um, okay, where I messed my spot here, even plainly and not in dark sayings. And he sees, so dark sayings are like symbols and all that other stuff we just talked about in a dream. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? That was uh, verses 7 and 8 of Numbers 12. Since 93% of all communication is nonverbal, meaning not involving words or speech, to know someone or to know something means to understand a person by their by their feelings their emotions you can just sometimes know what, what some, somebody is thinking or going to say or what's on their mind just by their body language um their emotions maybe there's certain things they do like tap their feet or you know you just kind of know them so this is, this is what this knowing is for God. Um, so God makes himself known by revealing his character and his ways, what he likes and what he doesn't like. What, you know, he may like something, and, and but for you, you may not be, be able to get away with it, even though he, he's okay with it. It's not, it's not a problem or a sin for somebody else, but for you, maybe it's, it is. Um, that's knowing him. You know, that word know, we, we've talked about in the past in teachings, uh, what it mean, like intimacy, 
like with a male and female would be an intimate. This is the same type of intimacy that God has, Holy Spirit has with us, with our personal relationships with them. But remember, we're on a higher plane when we talk about that level of intimacy because it's spiritual. It's from our creator. Okay. So then he will speak to you in a dream, but you will know him in a vision. So you know his ways in a vision. You getting it? Some things that we'll say and we'll keep saying it until you kind of get it and understand it. So, for example, to know God's holiness, you have to know him, to know his holiness. And, and a lot of times it can, it's going to be, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to see, going to have some kind of experience to take you to another level to know that he is holy. Rather, rather it's in a dream, vision, or supernatural. Because a vision can be in, in a dream, right? And then heavenly encounters are him, you knowing his personality and his ways. Because you're encountering his personhood, his, uh, his attitude, his emotions. Have you ever had it where he, you knew he was laughing with you or he laughed at you? Are you laughing together? Are you laughing at yourself? <laughs> Have you ever had that happen? It's, it's really a very sobering experience because, you know, he loves to laugh and you can almost in a vision and you're, we say it's our mind's eye. That's who we say about our spiritual eyes. But your spirit does have eyes. And it's you you're conscious and you you can see in the spirit by faith. And you can see him. Right? So you can see God. If he allows you to see him. And uh, I, I had um, one time had an experience. I don't know, that many hands sometimes can push you to want stuff and do things and get his presence and you know when he really was popular in the 90s and he was doing his huge crusades and you know he did finally come to Omaha but I went to see him before he came to Omaha when he went to, he was in Kansas City and whatever whatever but read his books and you know he was one that really had the presence and once you were ever in his meetings with the presence like that you just really uh, wanted to uh, wanted to experience it and wanted to know how you could even maybe even minister under that type of anointing if you really could. You know, you really don't understand how heavy anointing is until you, God has built you to endure and handle that kind of anointing. Because there's a weightiness in that anointing. Everybody can't stand under it unless, you know, unless he's prepared you for it, opened the door for it, and gave it to you. And so that's kind of what it, the way it is with many hands. But I remember reading his books and wanting to meet Holy Spirit. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and I did finally meet him. And it was a, a very scary time for me. <laughs> and I think I might have shared it before when I said he came to me three nights in a row. It might have been four, I don't know, five. It just, his whole, pre his whole presence of a, a heaviness, a weightedness, a, 
like it was a huge blanket, very, very warm blanket, fuzzy, fuzzy, soft, and very, very holy that just kind of enveloped me. And I said, what is this? And what do you want? <laughs> I, I mean, I was, I was, I was scared out of, I could have been scared out of my skin if I could get out of my skin. And I, it was so holy. I was scared to move, scared to say anything. <laughs> and then after, after that, I said, okay, then, then after a while, eventually it lifted. And you know, and I think I might've relaxed it the first time, but it kept coming back. Yeah, so the next night, the next night, like wee hours in the morning, maybe it was three or four o'clock in the morning. And, you know, I guess maybe at that time too, I was probably sensitive to the wake and eat them because it wasn't like the alarm was set or anything. And I would get up, just get out of bed, Philip would be sleeping hard over there. And I'd get up and, and I knew it was, I knew it was coming. And then I would make it out of the room to like the closet area or the side of the door outside and sit down and just sit there and, and and go through it. <laughs> That's all I can say. I should say experience it. I can say that now. Oh my! And uh, once you once you have and you've had that, it's like you don't necessarily need to keep asking anymore. <laughs> you don't need it anymore. <laughs> that was enough. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but um, I know there was much he had done for me. I I sensed there was impartation, activation, uh, it was the calling, recognition of the calling, anointing. I have no clue what all could have happened. Because it was like the first time when I went to heaven and, and I was there and you, you're unconscious. I got a video I'm gonna bring next week. You guys gotta watch that uh, Kim Clement started teaching a school of, of the prophets. So I have some of his videos. And this one is on the unconscious, it's on perception. And she talks about this unconsciousness of, of you when you don't have any consciousness of what's happening in your, <laughs> in your body. But, you know, God has you and you trust, you have the faith and you trust and you love and you know that he's not going to do anything that's going to hurt you. And whatever he's doing is to help, help us, to grow us, to mature us. You know, I talk about this, I don't know if it's tonight in dreams where, you know, uh, God can come in your dreams to heal you, to bring healings and deliverances and things like that, too. So, and he can just show you, because he has for me, uh, sin, things that I'm doing or a door that might be open to deal with, too. So, um, dreams are very, very important. It is one of God's main ways to talk to us because he can't talk to us face to face. He is holy. He would burn up <laughs> like a piece of paper <laughs> if he, you know, if he could. <laughs> he is that so. He is that holy. And just like I said, somebody was saying, I, I always say, I always talk about the how awesome it is. He knows the total number of hairs on your head because I would say I've lost quite a few there. But um, even to put your hands up, your fingerprints. When you put your hands up, he knows who you are because <laughs> everybody's fingerprints and hands are different. He knows exactly you and who you are. Amen? Yeah. So that's the knowing part of how he reveals things to us, is to really know us, know him. And I think it helps us know who we, who we are, too, in return. Okay, so uh, Acts 2.17. We'll go, hold on one minute, Sheila. 
before this slide, I have one more scripture I wanted to share. And this is in Acts chapter 2, 17. Um, and it shall come to pass, you guys know this one, and this is the Amplified, so we read a little different, more wordier. And it shall come to pass in the last days, God declares that I will pour out of my spirit upon all mankind, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, meaning telling forth the divine counsels. And your young men shall see visions, meaning divinely granted appearances. And your old men shall dream, suggested divinely dreams that are suggested, divinely suggested are dreams. Verse 18, yes, and on my men servants also and on my maid servants in those days, I will pour out of my spirit and they shall prophesy, meaning telling forth the divine counsels and predicting future events pertaining especially to God's kingdom. And I will show wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth beneath. Amen. So on and so forth. Always remember that all can prophesy as long as you've got the spirit. You know, when you um, lead people to Christ and, or you help them get baptized in the Holy Spirit. That is the reason why they need it. So they can have their power and they can have relationship and they can know God. That's what helps them to be discipled, to be successful Christians. Otherwise, they're going to backslide. They're not going to make it. Have you, has it happened to you a few times? Happened to me a few times. I didn't have any teaching and no guidance, no nothing. And all I did is all of a sudden I was back being the same old me all over again. No, no change, no difference. So if they desire the gift of prophecy and it gets activated, they can flow in the gift. But as always, we know that all are not called prophets. And that's why I teach people. I, I love to teach people how to hear God for themselves because then they don't have to go and ask who they are, or what they are. God will tell them. No one has to tell you because God can tell you. Amen. And then the gift develops. This, this is anyone that has the gift. It develops over time and uh, it grows because there'll be fruit that grows. And from the fruit, it's manifested. The fruit is manifested. Okay, so the next slide, dreams. Dreams are uh, just like visions, but they occur at night. So you are seeing something. You have to have your eyes. But in a dream, you could be in the dream or you could be watching the dream. So that's a, that's a big difference too as you start to dream and start to really begin to write them down. Because that's your homework assignment for the next four weeks, which hopefully you'll carry on for life, is that you write down, start to write down a journal. I have had 10, 10, 10, 10, Journals or more. Um, some of them, I don't even know where they are anymore. <laughs> and now, I don't really journal a lot. I don't journal my dreams. I I ponder with the Lord on what they're for, what why I dreamt if it was something from him. And then it has no purpose for me. 
unless he gave it, he gives it purpose. And that's what I'll, I'll write it down if he has me write it down. Because most of them are for me to pray and intercede. Sometimes in my dreams, I'll just get a word of knowledge because your gifts, the gifts of the Spirit work in your dreams too. The Holy Spirit can work through you and by revealing things in your dream or in their prophetic words or something like that. But it used to be I, drew, I wrote down everything because I was in training. It was part of my training. Okay. Okay, so Kim Clement said, your greatest creativity exists when you dream. Your greatest creativity exists when you dream. He's, he's a, one of those real deep, deep prophets that, um, my, my, he just really um, had a, an interesting personal relationship with God. He had his, what he called his garden. He spent hours and hours and hours in what he called his garden. Um, and I think he, yeah, I think he was living in California then when he also had gotten sick. So the weather would have been nice where he could be in that garden all year round, actually. So what is a dream? Dreams are visions given at night. It is a state of mind in which images, thoughts, and impressions pass through the mind of a person who is sleeping. The dream realm opens up a portal for spiritual messages to come through. God uses dreams to communicate to us. God comes into our world using symbols, signs, elements that are familiar to us in order for us to understand the message and re revelation that he is revealing to us. So dreams can be parabolic, like a parable, that make a lot of sense, but you know, it's there. We'll talk about some of those. And then this is that scripture I read a bit ago, uh, Psalm 16, 7. I didn't realize I had it here. For your whispers in the night give me wisdom, showing me what to do next. And we know the word, word wisdom means it's information that comes from above, from heaven. No one could have known or told you or understood it unless God told you what to do and, or gave you the information. Okay, next Okay, so here we're going to talk about the five stages of sleep. Have you guys heard of that? It's probably been a long time since you talked about it. The REM sleep and the non-REM sleep. Yeah. Okay. A lot happens in your body while you sleep. When you get your Zs, you cycle between REM and non-REM sleep. REM stands for rapid eye movement. During REM sleep, your eyes move around rapidly in a range of directions. Anybody watch anybody's eyes do that while they're sleeping? Their eyeballs just kind of move around. Um, but uh, so they move around rapidly in all directions and ranges, but don't send any visual information to the brain. So they just kind of just in limbo, I guess, kind of on that unconscious state. This doesn't happen in the non-REM sleep. Okay, so we're going to talk about both the REM and the non-REM. And really, the REM is supposed to be one stage is what? One through three. I'm sorry, the non-REM. The N means the non-REM. Non-rapid eye movement or non-REM is really stages one through three. Four and five are the REM. 
stages where you're actively sleep. Okay, uh, let's see. There are two types of sleep and we just mentioned them, the REM and the non-REM. Next slide, excuse me. Okay, I think this was gonna display each of the stages, just briefly. Stage one, one more. Okay, here where it says one through three. Stage one, your eyes are closed, but it's easy to wake you up. This phase may last five to 10 minutes, not long at all. Stage two, you are in a light sleep. Your heart rate slows and your body temperature drops. Your body is getting ready for deep sleep. This can last anywhere from 10 to 25 minutes. And then there's stage three. This is the deep sleep stage. Um, it's harder to arouse you during this stage. And if someone woke you up, you would feel disoriented for a few minutes. During this stage, this part of the uh, non-REM sleep stage, the body repairs and regrows tissues, builds bones and muscles, and strengthens the immune system. As you get older, as we get older, you sleep more lightly and less get less deep sleep. Aging is also linked to shorter time spans of sleep. Although studies show you still need as much sleep as when you were younger. This is stage four and five. This is the REM sleep. This is where dreaming comes in stage four. Usually REM sleep happens 90 minutes after you fall asleep. That's like an hour and a half. You'll finally get to this stage. And uh, one more. Okay. Yeah, I not want to be there yet, so hold on right there, Sheila, because I got some to add that's not in the PowerPoint. Okay, babies can spend up to 50% of their sleep in the REM stage compared to only about 20% for adults. So that's the dreaming stage. So it makes you wonder what the babies are dreaming. <laughs> but remember, that's the stage where they're getting, they're growing their tissue, they're developing their immune systems during that particular, uh, those stages of sleep. That's why they sleep so much. Uh, you can have intense dreams during the REM sleep since your brain is more active. REM is important because it stimulates the areas of the brain that help with learning and is associated with increased production of proteins. Did you guys know that? Not me. <laughs> Most dreaming occurs during the fourth stage of sleep known as rapid eye movement. Rapid eye movement sleep is characterized by eye movement, increased respiration rate, and increased brain activity. A lot of times your body temperature also drops. You get kind of warm. You can kick the covers off usually during the sleep. The American uh, Sleep Foundation suggests that people spend approximately 20% of their total sleep in this stage. That would be approximately 1.5 hours of eight hours of sleep. So that's probably why we say, I don't dream. Because it's only a little bit of time of that whole time that you're sleeping that you get into that dream state, which is in you know this stage. Um, 
REM sleep is also referred to as paradoxical sleep because while the brain and other body symptoms, systems become more active, muscles become more relaxed. Dreaming occurs due to increased brain activity, but voluntarily uh, muscles become immo immobilized. So the muscles that you normally can use, you know, by will, like I'm, I'm moving my hand, I'm raising my hand, and that kind of thing, those muscles don't work when you're in this that stage, okay? Just stay right there, Sheila, once, because I, I still got a little bit more here on the rim. Almost done. Um, dreaming occurs due to increased brain activity. Mentioned that. We go in and out of these stages throughout the night in our sleep. God, in his opotent power, omniscient knowledge and wisdom, may interrupt any of these stages to speak to us. So just because science says, oh, you're only in REM sleep for about an hour and a half, that doesn't necessarily mean that's true. You could be in, in uh, that REM sleep much longer. And if you're not conscious, and you don't have any voluntary movements of your body, so you can walk and get up and move. You're just flat. A lot of times when people say that um, in my sleep, you know, I felt I, w I had this dream and I felt like I was in Russia or something and I saw this and I saw that. I think people really have true out-of-body experiences where they can be gone for several hours and there's no way of documenting it because it's supernatural. <laughs> they, they don't always remember the details either. And it seems another thing is like, you seem like you, it was a short period of time, but it's been a long time, or it's a long time and it was only a short period of time. That's kind of how spiritual things also work. So in Job 33 verses 14 to 18, for God may speak in one way, or in another, yet man does not perceive it. One may hear God's voice in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, while slumbering on or upon their beds. Verse 16. Job, Job 33, verses 14 to 18. Uh -huh. And then verses uh, 16. Then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction or warnings in order to turn man from his deed, his own deed, his own decisions that were going to be maybe corrupt or what have you as a way of uh, showing us that too. And that's um, in verse 16 where he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. 17, in order to turn man from his deeds, from his purpose, meaning the purpose of man, and conceal or cut off pride from him. He keeps back his soul from the pit of destruction and his life from perishing by the sword of God's destructive judgments. Dreams, in the Hebrew, it means to bind strongly or firmly. This is in Strong's Concordance, 2492. A dream from God will become bound up in the heart of the person receiving the dream. 
dreams from God are usually very spiritual, supernatural experiences that are not easily forgotten. They are evidence of the movement and operation of Holy Spirit. Dreams become a part of the heart and mind or the very spirit of the person receiving the dream. Have you ever wanted to hear from God so accurately that you could understand the cryptic language of a dream as soon as you heard it? Perhaps you wanted to learn like Joseph who progressed in his dream interpretation and ability to the point that he provided actionable, intelligent intelligence to uh, Pharaoh saying all the nations of the world uh, did you know that Daniel was extensively trained for three years before entering the king's service? Did you know he heard so accurately that God told him the dream of the king and then told him the interpretation? And did you know that all the wise men and advisors of Egypt and Babylon, the largest superpowers on the planet at their time, could not decode the meaning of these dreams? See, they're supernaturally decoded by God. You have to have the Holy Spirit to interpret dreams. Some people, they, they start, they'll give you their opinion. That's <laughs> not the interpretation. And it's, it's supernatural. And just like you sense the anointing on certain things, certain things said or a gift or somebody lays hands on you, you can feel the, the manifested presence and anointing flow. The same happens when someone's interpreting a dream. I think it's even more so evident. Prophecy is, is, is a whole lot different because it's so broad. Prophecy can come out in so many different ways and do certain things. But uh, dream interpretation is, is very, very holy and serious to God. I'm sorry? Is that a separate gift? It is being able to interpret mm -hmm. yes I think when you um, get to a certain level as you as you grow in the giftings and then you go on the different levels and different realms of dreaming and experiences your interpretation comes along with the dream so you just, it's a gift okay. it's part of the gift that you've received yeah but these kind of things you can really ask for. Ask the Lord. He loves you to ponder things, you know, and ask. All dreams are not from God. So this is what this is saying here. Our souls, our mind, will, and emotions, ordinary dreams that are not divinely inspired. So if eight hours is just you sleeping and resting and your body recuperating and whatever, whatever. Sometimes I wake up and I got aches and pains. It's like, oh my goodness, what happened? <laughs> so I really, I just slept long. I didn't have to make it be supernatural, spiritual, like I was fighting the demons in my sleep or something. Although I have done that before. <laughs> I felt, the one time I was in my sleep, I felt like I was falling. Like falling from the sky. Yes like falling <laughs> and all I could do I was screaming my husband's name because <laughs> I, mean, I know he could catch me <laughs> instead of saying Jesus so I knew it was like, definitely nothing um, I don't, it, was, it was demonic we'll put it that way 
Yes. And so it was a warning that was coming that they're supposed to come after that or what. But, oh, that was a horrible dream. And then you wake up after those kind of dreams without a problem because they're abrupt. See, yeah. Holy Spirit gives you dreams. You're not gonna, it's not, it's gonna be, it's not gonna be abrupt. You're gonna, it's gonna linger. He's gonna implant something in your spirit, man. He's gonna leave an impartation, something for you to hold on to, right? He feeds you. He nourishes you. He, he, he strengthens you, and all of those other good things. So, your soul, you can have dreams from your soul, and then the enemy dark dreams or lies, false dreams that are demonically inspired. And then you have God dreams, the Holy Spirit, dreams of truth. Um, you can have dreams. And like I, had a, I had a dream where in my dream, my vision was seeing um, Jesus come back in the, cl the clouds, you know, on a horse. There we go, the horse. <laughs> horse, but that was a long time ago. That was like in the probably the uh, late 80s, early 90s. So, and so when I saw him, you know, you see something like that. Okay, why? What's the purpose? And in my heart, I felt he was telling me over time because you are one who's going to, okay, you can take a lot of, a lot of message into that. Speak that as a, uh, speak prophetically is coming. It's second coming, or we're gonna. I'm gonna be one that's gonna be here this generation to see his second coming. And, and but basically, it's to know that he's real. So remember the knowing, to know him. That was one of the early things he did for me in a vision. But I was asleep when I saw that vision. But then I see him also write his name in the in the sky when I'm awake. And, you know, and some others also saw it with me as witnesses. Well, Don would know about that. I don't know. Maybe she was away in college. But anyway, it happened outside our house. So um, so visions and supernatural things and just anything that he wants, how he wants to reveal you, reveal himself to you, is for you to get to know him, know his ways, know his personality. Okay, so um, also spiritual gifts operate. I mentioned that before operate um, when you have God dreams. So there are three ways to know if, if it's from God. It will not contradict the word of God. God will give you an immediate interpretation and you will not be able to shake it because, because it is spirit to spirit and then released into your soul. So it's in your spirit and then it goes into your mind or your knowledge base. Um, if he does not give you the interpretation immediately, pray or seek him. Interpretation from a spiritual authority in your life or someone you can trust, you can share with to get interpretation. Also, if you wake up the shame or the fear, that's not. No. Conviction, but not condemnation. Our dreams have its own language. Search out what your dreams mean. Proverbs 25, 2, it's not on here, reads, It is the glory 
of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. And that's what I was saying for you. If you want to interpret, God loves for you to come draw her hand and ask her. Probably should have been drinking this a little bit about it. So I have my words and <laughs> my speech got all just so dry. Okay, um, so we must continue to seek the Lord to reveal the meaning of our dreams. Dreams bring about God's purpose and destiny for our lives. Dreams also feed our spirits, transform our minds, release healing into our bodies. Definitely can bring deliverance. I got a lot of deliverance in my dreams. Um, lead us to experience a deeper relationship with God, release giftings and anointings. Examples of God imparting an anoint, giftings and anointing. I mentioned when I had the visitations in, uh, when God would wake me up at 4 a.m. when I met Holy Spirit. And I was thinking it was like three, three or four or five days in a row. And then finally it left. But I believe I received the mantle of the prophet at that time from God, not from man. Man cannot call you into an office gifting or service unto God. He must be the Lord himself who calls you. And that's why divine encounters uh, and things of that nature, he reveals and calls who he, who are one set. Because he doesn't want you to get off track either. You want to be where he wants you. And the only way he can do that is have those one-on-ones. They have to be personal. Personal. Man just can confirm acknowledge, release, train you, perfect you. Um, and I know there's been a lot of teaching recently of, about mantles. You know, my, my understanding of mantles is they, they're anointings and they're giftings and they come from God. And so a man can't give you their anointing, their, their mantle doesn't belong with him to do that. Now, he could pray a release of this anointing that's on my life can be on your life, you know. But then, you know, there's teaching. I, mean, I don't know at all, but there's teaching in the Bible. We look at Elijah and Elisha and how the mantle fell. So that tells me that you can't take mantles to heaven because there's probably no reason for them. I don't know. Maybe there is. I don't know. But you can catch a mantle, and, and if that mantle hasn't been claimed, or maybe there's more than one, who, who knows? Any of <laughs> this is just beyond my mind to even comprehend. It's just based on what you have personally experienced, and God has kind of shared you, shared with you, and showed you. So during my licensing, and then my next. Uh, um, the ceremony was ordination. Um, the, the elders placed, I had my own shawl that they placed on my shoulder when they prayed for me, you know, kind of representing a mantle. Yeah, and the gifting and their acknowledgement and releasing of you in that gift and that call. Okay, next slide. But mantles come from God. Just remember that. The mantle 
It is a spiritual covering, cloak. It um, shows in the spirit who you are, your authority, your power, your position, your your office. Uh, if you're fivefold, you're an officer in God's army. Amen. So we this concludes this teaching. Next week we will continue with more on dreams, talking more about types of dreams, how to interpret dreams. Uh, and then we'll spend some time uh, going into visions and talking about visions. Uh, this, uh, as I said, concludes this teaching. I hope you will join us uh, next week. Uh, Father, we thank you for everyone that has listened, Lord God. We thank you that an impartation has been released upon each heart, each spirit that listens to this teaching. That they would pull on your presence and anointing inside them. And that the anointing will also come up, rest upon them. Get them sweet dreams and sweet sleep, Lord God, and increase our capacity to receive more dreams, visions, and revelation of who you are, Lord, and your ways and your will in our lives. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Good night, everyone.